Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of Not Your Average Horror Show. Your host and his co-host are delighted to have you. This week, we'll be discussing... Day of the Dead. Hello, everyone. After a long absence, we are back and ready to go with an exciting edition of Not Your Average Horror Show, Day of the Dead. Wow. I never thought I would do this one because I was never a huge fan of this movie. But here we are doing it. I'll explain more about that in a minute. But Adrian, how are you? I'm doing very well. Um, I was thinking, I wonder if any of our audience was wondering if either of us perished on our respective journeys, given the absence. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, it's been a few weeks since we've had an actual, um, I guess, timely recording gone out. Way back when, back on April uh, 22nd, we recorded The Terminator, which we time-released later on on May 3rd. And even that one probably sounded like we had a gun to our head <laughs> as we were recording it because we probably sounded like zombies. How appropriate <laughs> for today. Um, because we were very tired. I had, like, I don't know, a million things going on. I had to prepare for a 10-day trip to Cancun. And you, of course, only had three hours of sleep that day. And you were preparing for what a 10-day trip to ireland Mm-hmm. yep i was having some pre-flight anxiety i think some pre-trip anxiety oh yeah yeah so that always goes me <laughs> that always bodes well for when you want to record something and sound like you're right on point right <laughs> well maybe it put the audience on edge the way we were on edge watching um well i guess we'll get to our next movie uh <laughs> right <time>. yep <laughs> so yeah, so sorry everyone for that, and I feel like we're always apologizing for something <laughs> on this show. Either it's we're taking time off, or it's bad audio, or uh, we're missing the point on something, or we had Chris <laughs> on the show that one time, had to apologize for that, of course. It's always something. <laughs> yeah, sorry that you're listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> but if you are still listening, thank you. Wow, we appreciate that. So, um, yeah, in regard to the trips, I know you had like... A long time in Ireland. We don't. We won't go into too many details. But was there anything like in particular that stood out about that trip? Um, I mean, each of my destinations was beautiful. The entire country was lovely to set eyes on. The people were all very generous and very friendly. Um, Great, as expected. the The driving wasn't too bad. Um, I adapted to driving on the left side pretty quickly. But oh, yeah, you were driving. Man. Yeah, yeah. But then it was like the narrowness and windiness of the roads. That was a little bit scary. Like the fact that you could be driving and then the road would get so narrow that you would have to pull over to the side and let another vehicle pass. Um, <sighs> apparently, that's just daily life. Yeah. <laughs> there. Yeah. Could just be rounding a, a sharp curve and there'd be like a flock of sheep standing in the middle of <laughs> in the middle of the road. My goodness. Um yeah, like <laughs> no wonder why their insurance is so high. Right. It's like either a sheep in the road or like a tour bus coming at you. Yep. And you have to like happened. stop in your tracks <laughs> and like let them go by. Uh-huh. That's always fun. <laughs> yeah. Man. But survived. <laughs> I'm Great. here to tell the tale. Good. Well, you're all the better for it. Uh-huh. 
and uh, Cancun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cancun was a lot of fun. I mean, of course, I, that was split up. It was like four days work, four days vacation for me. Mm-hmm. So I and really you just like sat on your ass on the beach the rest of the time. right? Oh, yeah. Well, I did it through <laughs> work also. You know, make no mistake. Of like, course. I never said I was actually working even with that part of the trip. But <laughs> yeah, when it came to like, you know, the beach part, it was nice just to kind of like zone out. I mean, we had aspirations of doing trips to Tulum or... Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the rest of them, but essentially seeing the Mayan ruins mm-hmm. and things like that. Cause I'd never seen it before. Kate was like, well, I mean, she was on the fence. We were both kind of were because of all the horror stories that have come out about cartel action down there. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, ultimately we would have, but it just boiled down to, we didn't got we didn't want to get up at six o'clock in the morning to take the two hour ride out there. Yeah. That would be <laughs> a lot. And as much as I enjoyed Ireland, I can also see the appeal of just parking yourself on a beach and uh, having somebody come out and bring you pina coladas. For uh, you can't beat it. Yeah. For an all-inclusive place, I have to say, like, the alcohol was not disappointing. I mean, they had a list that was, like, a mile long of different wow. drinks. And it wasn't, like, bullshit. I mean, sometimes, you know, depending on who you got to mix the drinks, it could mm-hmm. be a little unpredictable. But it was never like they were trying to skimp on things. If anything, the drinks would come out too strong oh so wow can't okay. complain about that giving you your uh, money's worth or yeah the drinks <laughs> resort <were> fee worth <laughs> the food was good the room was great like a thousand square feet wow that's bigger than my apartment that's like two of your apartments together <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so all right so today's special feature day of the dead so adrian did you know it takes less energy to speak what is on your mind than to hold it in Wow. Okay. Very deep. Appropriate for the podcast. Yeah, it's very profound. <laughs> that was a line spoken in this movie at one point to Dr. Sarah. I'm not sure what her last name is. I want to say Bowman, but I don't think it's that. I think that was a misprint in my notes here. <laughs> so this starts off with that very person sitting in a room. She's kind of staring at a wall. There's a calendar there. And she just you hear the music building up and something weird is going to happen. You can just sense it. And then just she walks up to the wall, looks at the calendar. It says October. Mm-hmm. There's like a field full of pumpkins for the picture of the calendar. You of know, those course. old school calendars. Yeah. <laughs> and she's staring at it and staring at it. And then suddenly a bunch of zombie hands just bursts out of the wall, <laughs> like 50 of them, like all perfectly lined up. It's actually a pretty cool scene. And they'll use this sometimes when mm-hmm. they're trying to like describe the movie. They'll have that. But it's bullshit because it's a dream because she wakes up out of it and the zombies are well coordinated (laughs) right (laughs) so despite that being a dream that's not to say that all is well in Mm -hmm. this movie or for her or for anybody because it certainly wasn't um it starts off with her and a couple of other guys in a helicopter one's called john uh he's jamaican his accent is great by the way Mm. when he's speaking it makes you want to talk like him (laughs) <laughs> I won't dare do it because, you know, I don't think you're supposed to. But um, <laughs> the other guy, McDermott, he's kind of like more of a, I don't know, he's kind of like more of a background character. But these two guys' only job in the movie is to fly the helicopter. And what they were doing then is flying up and down the coast of Florida, which is where it takes place. They're looking for, I guess, non-zombies, like people who may be in danger, maybe survivors who need rescuing. Mm-hmm. And so each time they look, they have no luck. But it's hilarious, though, because the one guy, McDermott, is the one when they land in the ground in a town, he's mm-hmm. always going, 
hello. <laughs> and it sounds just like that Seinfeld episode where they keep doing that all episode oh, long and it gets really obnoxious. Yeah. And all you can think, you, you keep seeing like all these close-ups of zombies like <laughs> turning their heads when he's yelling. That hello. And it's just, it <laughs> looks so ridiculous. Nah, not intentionally funny, but that's how it comes across. So they um, they have no luck finding anything out there. And, um, oh yeah, so before, I forgot to mention, when I first saw this movie, it was in college. Uh, the college had a video store. This would have been like 1992. Oh, that was lucky for you. Yeah, yeah, it worked out well. They had a couple of good releases. I think I came back. It was the weekend I came back to the room. My roommate was there and I said, hey, I got Day of the Dead. I've never seen it. What do you think? He's like, ah, I don't give a shit. He's like, mm-hmm. put it on. So we watch it. And we both kind of came to the same conclusion. It's just like neither one of us liked it. Oh. We thought it was like very long and tedious in spots. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of dialogue. But And that's kind of how I remembered the movie for several years. I remember it being something I was really interested in ever watching again until recently. Mm-hmm. It just seemed very long and tedious. And I just remember like the end of it. You know, he pretty much summed it up perfectly. I remember him. I remember seeing him eject the tape out of the VCR and tossing it onto the desk. And he's like, oh, another gem from the college video store. I'm like, yeah, seriously. But on recent viewings, I don't know. I've got more of an appreciation for it because, yeah, there are some lengths of time where there's a lot of bickering in this movie. Everybody Mm -hmm. is just kind of like ripping each other apart because they're down in this big cave and they're just... They're there to do experiments on zombies. There's this pen they keep them in. And you got these military guys and these scientists. The military guys are stationed there to protect the scientists as they do their research. And it just becomes like a shit show of them like arguing back and forth about like what the research is. How long is it going to go on? What's the progress? And the army guys just become more and more assholes as the movie goes on and the scientists are just like not really showing much for their efforts <laughs> um so you've got the uh the doctor sarah um she seems like the most i don't know i guess the person you'd root for most in this movie even though most of them are kind of like assholes like pretty much everybody in this movie is her and the helicopter guys i guess are the best characters I don't know. She looks like she has a look like she's somebody famous, but she's not. This is the only movie I think she's ever been in that was ever noteworthy. <laughs> um, Rhodes, he's the head of the military group. Same thing with him. He looks like somebody who could be famous, but isn't. Um, and he's such a character. He's always trying to talk tough. He'd go from talking very calmly to screaming at the top of his lungs in just seconds. Uh, he liked to assert the fact that he was in charge. But ultimately in this movie, you see nobody really was in charge of anything. Um, but there's something so fundamentally that just seemed off about the actor that played him. And I think it just came down to him being too short. <laughs> it's very like... judgmental of you. <laughs> but it's it like just... a Tinder profile. You must be uh, six foot or taller to be in this movie. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe <laughs> I'm just like too, I don't know, used to the fact that somebody in charge should be not quite that short. But I'm just, <laughs> I just kind of was surprised they would have picked him for that role, seeing as how you could have picked anyone. Um, and the guy steal of the military guys. He seems to be like Rhodes's right hand man, and he's kind of a goofball. And he's kind of an asshole too. He likes to taunt the zombies. Mm-hmm. Like he'll go up. I think I mentioned before they have this zombie pen where they keep them, right? Because they're they're holding him there to do experiments on them, 
And when they have to, every time they have to round one up, like he'll go up there and he'll start taunting him. He's like, "All right, dumb fucks, who's gonna be next? Come on, you piss faces, you pus buckets." And he's just like, he's very disrespectful to the zombies. Right. Yeah. It's very uncalled for. <laughs> um, John and McDermott. I mentioned those two guys. They didn't do much of anything except fly a helicopter when needed, so they didn't really fit in with either the scientists or the military guys. Um, they just kind of lived together in this trailer in some remote part of the cave, and they just kind of hung out there. They had this like back lawn, which they had like, a big a big mural of a backyard and some <laughs> lawn chairs, and they just kind of like hung out there and drink all the time. Um, so I don't know what the deal was with that. And of course, John was a Jamaican character, which it seems like they used more Jamaican characters in movies in the 80s than they do now. You notice that? Not necessarily. <laughs> you didn't watch a lot of movies in the 80s? I guess not. Me either. I found out about them later. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay. So now we have Miguel Salazar. This guy was Laura's boyfriend. And I must say, he turns out to be the biggest asshole of the movie. Surprisingly. Even more so than Rhodes. Um, Rhodes is a major uh, asshole himself because like he's always, you know, threatening people with guns. He'll pull his gun out and like point it at somebody's head just because they got out of their seat. And at towards the end of the movie, he does shoot somebody a totally innocent person just because um, he wants to make a point about something. Mm-hmm. But with that said, you knew what he was. This guy, Miguel, who was Laura's boyfriend, like from the start of the movie, you can see he's kind of shell-shocked from the whole situation. He's just, like, seen too much, mm-hmm. as everybody has. But for him, it really affected him, and he's just become, like, kind of a shell. And then his behavior becomes more and more erratic. He becomes less focused. He's supposed to help round up the zombies. And then in the process of doing that, he's supposed to restrain one. Mm-hmm. It gets loose and bites somebody. Mm. So he's clearly lost focus, and the doctor wants to take him out of the whole project she's telling Rhodes this and the chorus of Rhodes knows they're like a couple mm-hmm. and he's like oh well maybe if you and him weren't doing so much extracurricular stuff at night he wouldn't be so unfocused <laughs> and you just see her like getting more and more seething about this and then one of the other army guys is like yeah maybe we should lock him up in a cage somewhere he's like maybe that would give um, give us a shot with you Sarah so and then Rhodes is like, well, it is going to be a long winter. So you can see what a creep Rhodes is. Wow. Yeah. The zombies aren't even the scariest part of this movie. Sounds like. Yeah. And I'm sure there's some underlying commentary there about like how, you know, are we really that much better than the zombies are? I'm sure there's something like that going on in the backdrop. We are the real monsters. Mm-hmm. But getting back to Miguel himself, though. It turns out like this guy just becomes more and more um, going off the deep end. And the end of the mo- by the end of the movie, he's just like sabotaging the whole place. He rips out all the electricity, I think. And then he just decides to go above ground out of the cave to where there are a whole bunch of zombies circling around this, this fence. Mm-hmm. There's like thousands of them. And they've put up this fence to like, you know, because the zombies know there's humans down there in this in this hole. Mm-hmm. And he just opens up the fence. And he 
he like activates the elevator to let them all go down there like every one of them by the end of the movie damn so that's why he turns out to be a bigger asshole than Rhodes is because he wasn't even a zombie at that point if he had turned <laughs> into a zombie and did that it would have made more sense um oh and then Frankenstein so he's the surgeon he's the head of the scientists very eccentric highly intelligent doctor he Wait, does his name was Frankenstein in the uh that was his nickname because he does like all these weird surgeries and stuff uh so his real name is actually Logan um but they call him Frankenstein because he does these these weird experiments and he um it's a little it's a little questionable the stuff he's doing because um at times what he does is he takes bodies from some recently killed military guys who you know were were helping to protect the cave like inevitably mm-hmm. some of them have gotten like tangled up with zombies and then they uh, they get killed so he takes those bodies he seems to prefer using those for whatever reason in his research and he'll either use them to kind of like see how they react to things or just simply use their guts to reward other zombies that he's working on <laughs> so that was a very big no-no and at one point Laura even goes to visit Frankenstein for an update on what's going on and he's all excited about all of course like he's gets very excited about the research he's doing even the smallest little thing you know he's like oh come look at this and he'll show her just like this this really basic command and how the zombie responds to it and she's like that's fucking it <laughs> you know and she's like Rhodes is getting too impatient with this it's not gonna be enough to satisfy him um and we need you need to show us more and on top of that it's like you are one of 15 scientists in the world who can even do this so clearly there's not gonna be enough time to 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 get anything done or to make have any effect really um and so she's looking around and she's seeing like all these zombie bodies and stuff she's like i mean she's like you know what the hell is going on here she's like i see there's what's that one on the floor over there it's just like a mangled mess of just like (laughs) zombie guts and stuff And he's like oh yeah that one it became a little bit unruly and had to be put down (laughs) and then she sees that i forget what it was but like yeah i think the last guy that was even in charge of the whole military operation got killed himself the guy that um came before Rhodes mm-hmm. she recognizes maybe it was like a badge or something she's like wait is that Corporal Anderson or you know Anderson or whoever he's like well uh nobody can recognize it's literally just like a brain attached <laughs> to the body like there's no head or anything she's like Logan are you crazy she's like how many more military people are you doing this with because if Rhodes finds out you, he's gonna execute you on the spot He's like, oh, as long as I keep it under the radar. He's just so matter-of-fact with everything. <laughs> I know. It sounds very resourceful to me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> There'd be these regular board meetings also, you know, so like Rhodes is hopping up and down, screaming at people, and everybody will be there, but Logan is nowhere to be found, even though he's supposed to. And he'll come in like t- half an hour late. Mm-hmm. And of course, Rhodes will be like, Logan, where the fuck were you? You were supposed to be here half an hour ago and blah. And Logan's like covered from head to toe in blood in this white, you know, doctor's outfit that, and, um, it's very against the health code. I imagine. Yes, seriously. And so he's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I just got caught up in work. He's like, um, so what do we have uh, to eat around here? (laughs) (laughs) And so that'll just piss Rhodes off even more because of how aloof he is. And he's like, 
I'm going to shut this whole thing down. He's like, you're not giving us, you know, the information we need. You're too slow and blah, blah, blah. He's like, I'm going to fly us all out of here. And Logan will just be like, and where are you going to go, Rhodes? He's like, where are you going to go? The whole world is like overrun by zombies. We're probably the only people left alive on this whole planet. He's like, where exactly are you going to go and blast the piss out of all these zombies? And you have almost no ammo left. And so he's, he's clearly the most articulate one of anybody that's around there. And um, he's, he's funny, but very aloof and um, not getting the sense of urgency mm-hmm. that's going on around, around there. And also he's operating on military people, which he should not be doing. <laughs> okay. So yeah. And these meetings always seem to turn into a shit show because they always, there's a couple of them in the movie. And this I think was a stuff that kind of like made me feel like it had been um, kind of made the movie feel long, just like the constant bickering back and forth. And it, I guess I didn't think I liked it as much as I had, but yeah, there was more to it, I guess, you know, l- watching it more recently than I had recognized before. Yeah, you'll see points where Rhodes is just out of control at these meetings too, and he just he'll actually he actually threatened to shoot Sarah just for getting out of her chair, <laughs> and actually not to do it himself, but he put a gun to one of the army guys' heads and says, "You shoot her." So <laughs> as messed up of a situation that is, thankfully she eventually did sit back down, so nobody got killed at that point. Um, now getting back to Logan again, so towards the end of the movie. There's this one zombie he's been working with mm-hmm. in particular called Bub. And this is his prized, I guess, project. His pride and joy. Exactly. Because this zombie really is um, reacting to things as a normal human would. Not exactly. I mean, it's not talking. Very basic words, it might say. In fact, there's a point where um, Sarah is in the room again with another scientist and Frankenstein is showing off the latest um, reacting to a few different objects in front of him and Logan is literally standing right next to the zombie and Sarah's like I don't get it she's like there's just nothing here that we can use to show Rhodes and then but the other scientist is advising it's just like well look at what he's not doing Um, Logan is literally standing right next to Bub and Bub's not even trying to attack him he's more interested on the objects in front of him like the electric razor or the phone book whatever it happened to be things he might have recalled as being like a a human so playboy magazine i don't know why they didn't try that (laughs) they see now that that you know progress is happening but then it's not long later and i think it might be the next scene where Rhodes does actually come in the room himself Mm -hmm. and or no actually it might have been a few minutes after that but you know logan was definitely expecting him to be there and he's all excited about showing off Bub, but just like Sarah said, he's not that impressed. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, you've been screwing around in here way too long. You're not giving us anything. He's like, we need to see more. And on, <laughs> right at that point, I think either Logan hadn't hid this well enough. I'm not sure how Rhodes saw it, but he recognized that one of the corpses that's laying right in Logan's mm. office is one of his men. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and as you can expect, expect, the shit hit the fan. And just like that, yeah, Rhodes took his gun out and just shot Logan right in the spot. So just as Laura had predicted might happen. So now it's to the point where it's just like everything goes haywire. It's just like the military is no longer going to stick around to to help these guys out. In fact... Rhodes finds the helicopter guys and pretty much points a gun at them. He's like, okay, 
you're taking me out of here now. Like, and I think a couple of his guys. And so John is just like, he obviously he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to strand the other scientists who are still alive. Oh, actually I think it was just Sarah at that point. Um, and so a melee ensues Rhodes forces Sarah into the zombie pit herself. And then McDermott ends up in there with her. John somehow overpowers Rhodes and knocks him out and has like two guns pointed at his neck, but decides <laughs> not to kill him for some reason. Seems excessive. But if you saw the character that Rhodes was, you might have thought the same thing <laughs> about doing the same thing. Um, and I think what happened was um, John hops into the zombie pit himself. He's got a few weapons on him now, so he's going to try and help out. Laura as she's stranded in there with uh, the other guy. So that kind of turns into like kind of a fun little adventure as they're like just running through this place trying to dodge zombies here and there and they're trying to, trying to shoot their way out. And there's one really interesting scene where McDermott is with Sarah and he he whacks a zombie with a shovel and then takes the shovel and like splits it right down the middle of its face. It's pretty disgusting. Wow. And then they run away and the top half of the zombie's head is lying upside down oh. and you see its eyes shifting back and forth. It was a pretty <laughs> cool scene, I gotta say. Um, but I must say the gore in this movie is really over the top. That's something I did not remember about it. It was nauseating at some points. Well, I'm glad you spared me the, uh, the watch. <laughs> oh yeah, be happy about that. You got off the hook with this one. But, um, yeah, at that point, like, even, like, the army guys aren't safe because, like I was saying before with Miguel, mm -hmm. this is now happening, occurring at the same time simultaneously as he lets the zombies down there. So everything is just breaking loose, and the army guys are getting, like, mangled up one by one also, and it's just, like with each one that gets caught by a zombie, the gore gets worse and worse. They're just showing like the guts and like these, the zombies are eating the stuff and just focuses on that <laughs> for what feels like an eternity. I actually, I have to admit, I like skipped past some of it. I'm like, okay, wow. we get it. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, they have the guts. Like how long are you going to dwell on this? They wanted to make it a real sensory experience. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. I guess it, it was definitely overkill it seems, but I guess the effects were impressive. Um, and so with Rhodes, it came down to him. And guess who else? Guess who the showdown was between Rhodes and somebody else? Bub the zombie. You got it. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so Bub, yeah, that's really surprising. Bub actually acquired a handgun. Wow. And so he's chasing after, well, not chasing, but kind of like staggering along. He has Rhodes. Rhodes has like two automatic weapons. But for whatever reason, like either they jammed up or he wasn't able to load the ammo in time. Mm -hmm. And the zombie points the gun at him and shoots him. He gets him in the arm at first and Rhodes is like staggering around. And yeah, he's like, well, ah, I guess he wouldn't you... have the best aim. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, ah, you fuck. He's like, you, and he's, you know, swearing at it. That's all he can do. And just like, just when he thinks he's gotten down another hall to get away from him, eventually you see the shadow of Bub kind of like weaving back and forth. <laughs> you see the gun and bam, he blasts. And then, so as if, you know, it wasn't enough that the zombie shot him, like suddenly Rhodes 
thinks he has one last chance to escape after being shot about three or four times. He mm -hmm. opens a door and it's just like 50 zombies behind the door. Nice. And right at that point, like they're pulling him apart and like <laughs> he's still shooting. And then Rhodes gives him, um, no, no, no. The zombie gives him like a salute, a military salute. Wow. What a badass. <laughs> so, yeah. It was a pretty interesting way to have your final bad character, uh, you know, die. So, yeah, quite a interesting movie, much different than the previous one. Mm -hmm. um, Dawn of the Dead was, you know, even though this, this movie's better than I, I thought it had been initially, it still was nowhere near as good as Dawn of the Dead, mm -hmm. which took place in the mall mostly. Mm. So it was a lot of fun, like seeing those characters kind of like escape <laughs> zombies and use everything they have at their disposal in the mall, including like a firearm store. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. A firearm store in the mall. Yeah, I guess somehow I don't know. I don't know if that was a real thing or not. And this was like the late seventies. <laughs> oh, okay. Actually, yeah. Well, sure. Remember back in Plattsburgh, you had like Dicks and you had Gander Mountain. Oh yeah, I guess those that's places true. like had tons of guns. Yeah, it sounds so unreal to think of <laughs> at this point, but or like a place that would be so upfront about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. On display. <laughs> so. um there's now I did see a weird parallel between this and the original Night of the Living Dead. Um, so the main character now you've never seen that one either, mm -mm. and um, that one featured a main character Ben who was you know he was the protagonist like you could get rally behind him he was trying to get things uh, under control I mean. They're in a farmhouse, and him and a few other people, there's a one small family there. And so there's zombies surrounding it, and he's getting everybody to board up the whole place. But there happens to be this other character who's in the basement with his wife and daughter. Mm -hmm. His thinking was that all he has to do in the basement is board up the door. You've got one door to worry about, and you'll be safe. But Ben's argument is like, no, I still feel like we have to board up the whole house because if they do get in, you've got a fighting chance to escape the house. Whereas if they get through your one door in the basement, you're stuck down there like sitting ducks. So that's like a big debate in the whole movie. But what happens in the end is that like it turns out that if they had just boarded themselves all up in the basement, mm -hmm. they would have survived. Because that's... Oh, damn. Everybody does get killed except for Ben because... It's weird the way it all plays out. Like one by one, the characters die off and something happens in the basement. Something mm -hmm. gets out of hand down there. And Ben realizes, well, everybody's now dead. It looks like they are getting into the house. I'm going to board up this door. And it turns out he does survive the whole night of mayhem. <laughs> um, ironically. And he has to live with that the rest of his life. Well, not very much longer, as a matter <laughs> of fact. It's funny you say that because ironically, again, he walks out of the house in the morning he gets mistaken for being a zombie and gets shot. Oh, wow. So that That's was... just the way. <laughs> so it was an interesting parallel because, like, he was... He wasn't exactly on the right track for how to survive the whole thing, but he was the most likable character. You could look at Day of the Dead and say that, well, Logan could have potentially been the most likable character, and he was on the right track as far as what he was doing with zombies... He didn't live long enough for the whole thing to play out because we saw evidence with Bub that he he could recognize the difference between good people and bad people. Mm -hmm. Like 
that's what set Bub off when Frankenstein got killed. You saw him like become very sad and enraged about it, like mimicking human characteristics. Mm-hmm. What if Logan had been around long enough to create more zombies like that to mm-hmm. kind of like help get things under control? But then, um, unfortunately, he did not. So I um, guess the progress of science is never on a timeline. Um, <laughs> yeah, right, right. I guess exactly. So I guess like where I was going with that is like both characters got killed by somebody who just didn't see the big picture mm-hmm. or didn't like look close enough at the details to prevent something bad from happening. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Night of the Living Dead, though, that's what set things off in this whole series. I remember wanting to see it. You know, we'd be sitting around a table and like I'd be asked like how it was at school and I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to talk about anything. So when I did talk about something, I was like, well, the hell with it. If they want, if they want me to talk about something, I'll tell them like what horror movie I want to see next. And that <laughs> happened to be Night of the Living Dead. And then mom was like, oh, what a terrible movie. Because I'm like, wait, you've seen that? She's like, oh, dad and I went to see that one time. It was disgusting. Oh. I'm surprised she went on that <laughs> excursion. Well, like I actually told her later on, like in, in later years, like it kind of tricked people because nothing like that movie had ever been done before. Oh, it I was see. very, it just kind of, kind of came out of the blue. There'd been a lot of sci-fi horror type of movies, mm-hmm. which is kind of what this was. And it, those movies were just like, you could go there, you could bring your kids to see them for the most part. Mm-hmm. And it was just an experience where you'd see something silly, bad special effects. Yeah, Mystery Science Theater 3000 <laughs> style. Exactly, that kind of thing. <laughs> so that's, in the 60s, that's the kind of thing people were expecting. When this movie came out, it was like an unknown director, an unknown cast. Mm-hmm. But people were expecting it to be everything else they were seeing. And it's funny because Roger Ebert has such a great quote about this. He's like, I remember sitting in Night of the Living Dead. You had parents who brought their kids there on a, <laughs> on a fun Sunday. And as the movie went on, their looks of happiness turned to looks of disgust and horror as people started <laughs> vomiting in the audience. He's like, this movie was something different. This was something else. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that could never happen today. Yeah. Well, because they've created so much disgusting stuff that nobody would be phased by it (laughs) well yeah partly that but yeah but it's funny i remember like you know when mom was was telling me she's like telling me why i shouldn't see it she's Mm -hmm. like oh it was so disgusting a little girl kills her mom with a garden tool but to her credit that one scene she was talking about was very horrifying it was down in the basement and there's a little you know the daughter had been bitten by a zombie yeah and nobody knew that that turns you into a zombie yourself. So when mm-hmm. the child did turn into a zombie, she corners her mom down there and has this blade type of thing. And it's like everything from the way they caught the angle of her striking it into her mom <laughs> to the sound of it piercing into her body, oh, like the and the look of horror on her mom's face, you know, not only being killed, but it's her own daughter doing this. Yeah. And this music. They distorted it to this screeching music that was mm. shocking. And I found it disturbing. And I'm like, wow, if anything, Ma undersold that scene because that. I'm surprised she didn't walk out at that point. <laughs> I know, like so many other people did. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, 
so Day of the Dead. It was uh, not as bad as I remembered it being. It's clearly not the best one in the series. Mm-hmm. Like the first two are way better. But I wouldn't recommend it for a first time zombie viewing. Fair enough. Because it is very disgusting. So <laughs> anyway, so that's that. Anything further? Any comments on that? Or are you just like too horrified at this whole thing? Yeah, I'm I'm so horrified. I can't even speak. <laughs> All right. Next week, tune in for a very special treat, graduation day. I've been circling the calendar for this one. I've been looking forward to doing it for a long time. Spring is here. Summer is coming soon. And it's time to start thinking about the summer and summer plans. I do that every year with this movie as I watch it once a year. So, Yeah, get excited. Yes, get excited big time. <laughs> And if you would like to leave a comment on our webpage, feel free to do that at notyouraveragehorrorshow.podcast. No, hyphen podcast. It's a wonder people even find a show in the first place. <laughs> right. Bye.